Welcome to the Shine Light Podcast. I'm Pastor Sam. And this is Patrick, No Compromise with Evil Wyatt. Well, today we've got an uh, interesting topic, and it's a very timely one. In fact, um, we're, we're going to put this out tomorrow, and so hopefully we don't wake up tomorrow with the news that World War III has uh, physically begun. You could say that we're in the midst of World War III, but we're going to be uh, within the kind of behind-the-scenes cyber war, uh, propaganda, stuff like that, but uh, physical war, and we're going to be talking about the issue of what's going on in Ukraine. This is Friday, February, January 21st, 2022, so the evening. Um, thought we would do a podcast tonight because uh, we had did a podcast in April of 2021 talking about Ukraine, things going on over there. And people may have heard it and then kind of nothing happened that we, you know, that's, and we live in a society where we're used to getting gratification pretty instantly. So if I hear about something, I want it now. FedEx it to me, get it, that sort of thing going. Yeah, I, I realized that just uh, last month around every, Christmas every year, I try to get a Jiffy Pop. And you know how much harder it is to, to cook popcorn on a stovetop than it is on a, a, in a microwave? You still get Jiffy Pop, huh? J- just once a year. <laughs> That's interesting. You learn something new all the time. So, yeah. But, so, it, it's what we were talking about. People have a tendency when you say something, you give a, a heads up on it, and it doesn't happen immediately. Oh, those guys didn't know what they were talking about, or they had wrong information. What we were doing was giving you an advanced heads up to what now has continued to deteriorate. And the sad thing is, a lot of times, if it's not on the news, we don't think it's happening. Well, there's lots of things happening that's not on the news. It's just now things are reaching a, a very critical boiling point, and we hope as you listen to this, nothing has yet happened, but there is the potential for that, and certainly an imminent potential for some major stuff to happen. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight, is the wars and rumors of wars that Christ talked about in the Olivet Discourse. Um, there is a rumor of war right now that could rapidly turn into a hot war, and this isn't the type of war that, that the people in our lifetime were used to fighting, where the United States pits itself against a vastly inferior opponent. Um, we're talking right now Russia, and with Russia, potentially China and some of the other enemies all all at once. But right now, the, the hot point is Russia. Yeah, and th- this is in, you know, this is a really uh, important thing to go and to look at, too, as to what's going on uh, here in Russia, because, of course, Russia would be one of the um, main enemies against the United States. Uh, of course, the other one would be China. North Korea would be in there, too, of course, Iran. North Korea. Yeah, Iran. Um, th- those are probably the the main ones that I can think of. Those would be the four, if you want to call them Axis. In, in World War One, they had the Axis powers. You might call these the, the main Axis powers. Right, right. I mean, part, part of the problem is just that we kind of have a communist government of our own at the moment, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. in, in in looking at this, our... Belarus our, would be a Russian ally, too. There, there's other smaller nations that would also align with Russia, but... Yeah, it... And so this is a, a pretty major thing that's uh, that, that could be taking place. And one of the reasons why it's so major is because of how spread out we are. Yeah, we have, we have a, a large military force. So we have the largest military budget in the world. We, we outspend like the other top 10 nations next to us. You know, them together don't spend as much as we do. But we have a rather large apparatus as far as military operations that is spread out all around the world. And this is very advantageous in a given region if there's a conflict brewing. We already have a beachhead established. If we have time to marshal our forces, as we did in the Gulf Wars, where we could uh, then uh, move our troops to the border, Saddam Hussein just watching, then when we get everything ready, we just go across and crush him. That's what we did. So against inferior opponents, this is a decent strategy. But against a 
fellow, if you want to call superpower or, or worthy opponent, such as the Russians. And we're talking about nations, large populations, advanced weaponry, nuclear weapons. Um, that would be the Russians. It would also be the Chinese. Very good technology, especially on the Russian side. The Chinese have stolen some of our better stuff and had some uh, uh, administrations donate uh, some things. The Clinton administration, Obama administration, these, these administrations not only allowing the transfer of technology or the theft of technology, but also um, the Obama administration thoroughly gutting our military, some of our best leadership, getting in uh, more of the woke social justice types, turn our military apparatus instead of a fighting machine into a, a uh, social justice type of an organization where they're more concerned about people's feelings than they are about actually killing the enemy and destroying the enemy. Um, unfortunately, with eight years of Obama, now we've got this current administration going even more gung-ho on that, taking away the, the fighting efforts and, and putting in these, these dumb ideas that, that destroy morale and and good order in the troops. And I'm, I'm not doing this to downgrade our guys. There's, there's, there's people in there trying to hold the line and do the right thing, but they have lower training standards, and I think most people would understand that. Um, we're not the same military we once were, the same military we look on paper. The Russians and the Chinese are no joke. Right. And, you, you know, one of the things I think about, especially when it comes to Russia, it, it's weird to say that a communist nation is, um, in some aspects, uh, more... Uh, moral than the United States, but uh, there, you know, there, there's no "don't ask, don't tell" stuff. There's no, uh, uh, there, there's no um, LGBTQ uh, commercials going out trying to recruit uh, gay people to go into the military. Uh, in fact, it's very much um, banned there in Russia. They, they want they want manly men. They want macho men. They want people that can mm-hmm. be trained to be killers because that's what the military does ultimately when war strikes is you have to to kill not only without conscience but with a certain fervor um kill the enemy destroy the enemy right so in and also they're not mass inoculating their troops with experimental mnra vaccine they are Mm -hmm. using vaccines but they are they're traditional type vaccines actual medicines not this stuff that they're putting in people's arms forcing into our military here so um, there's some, been some scuttlebutt about the Chinese talking about they've already won the next war because they've got our military basically going to be decimated with what they're putting in their arms. So um, whether that's true or not, um, <laughs> it certainly seems within the realm of possibility. But but there you have it. And uh, right now the the situation is such that Ukraine, and we've talked about this in prior episodes too, but let's let's refresh on that. Ukraine in 2014 under the Obama administration, the Obama administration allied with some local folks, Nazis, actual Nazis over there in that country and some other groups, to get out the pro-Russian president, to oust him. So in effect, they overthrew the government of Ukraine, and they installed a Western-friendly government. And by Western-friendly, I mean a government that the Democrat Party afterwards, some of the elites in the party, including the Biden family and the Clintons, were dipping and getting funds there, laundering money, getting back for personal gain. We all know the Hunter Biden stuff, that he was on the Burisma gas board over there. Here's a guy that's not even qualified through his drug abuse and other things in his life to, to be sweeping a bathroom in a gas station, yet he's giving paid 80000 a month to be on a board to advise what? We don't know. So there's your payoff. There's buying political influence with the president. There's your collusion right there. 
Uh, there's quid pro Joe going over there and shutting down an investigation. They're threatening to withhold a billion dollars in American aid if the investigation continued forward and getting what, in effect, was their attorney general fired from his position because he was one leading the charge. So there's quid pro Joe, which he admitted to that on, uh, in a video. I've watched the video of him saying exactly what he did. So yep. this, this is Ukraine, so it's been a corrupt organization, or a corrupt country, I should say, um, since the Obama administration helped overthrow the government, and they become anti-Russian. And, of course, they sit right on Russians, uh, Russian border, and there's Russian peoples in Ukraine. So that brought them into conflict with, with uh, the Russian peoples, and part of, of Ukraine voted to go over to the Russian side. And uh, Ukraine has never recognized that, and neither has NATO, North Atlantic Treaty Organization of the United States, and, and much of Western Europe part of that. So right now there's, there's been a push recently uh, with the current administration in to get NATO to expand further towards Russia, meaning more countries like Ukraine, and now there's even talk of Finland joining some other countries, to put NATO countries right on the border with Russia. Now, Russia is a large country, but to having a, a organization that's dedicated to oppose you right on your border where they could install missiles and that sort of thing, which would be putting you within, say, Moscow within a few minutes striking distance of a nuclear mm -hmm. weapon, um, that would be untenable for most nations. The Russians, the Soviets at the time, tried the same thing in 1962 in the Cuban Missile Crisis, where they were going to install nuclear weapons on the island of Cuba. President Kennedy at the time said, no, that's not going to happen. If it comes to war, it comes to war. Known as the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Russians backed down and scrapped those ideas. Cuba's 90 miles from our border. Ukraine is right on the border with, with Russia. So Russia feels like they're in a position where they have to draw the line, no further incursion towards them. Now, you were talking, Pastor Sam, we have our military forces spread out around the world, and we talked about how that's a good idea. Uh, but when, these, when your forces are spread thin and you have an opponent worthy to fight you, these same forces can be cut off and destroyed. And you can't mash your troops and you've got them all spread out. And there would be a plan to do that, especially if you're working in league with, say, the Chinese, just as a guess. Um, so the, well, the, well, and even if they're not working in league, but just in kind of an expectation of the enemy, my enemy, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, kind of a thing. And so, even although they probably are, they are working in league because they've been doing uh, military exercises together. But even yes. if they weren't uh, in league, the thing is, is that it, it would still be a natural uh, response of the Chinese probably to attack um, Taiwan Tokyo, or Taiwan. Yeah. Yep. And, and seize that area of the world and, and shut everything down over there. So the Russians have been moving a, a huge amount of men and war material to their western front, which would be Ukraine, far more than what they would need to go into Ukraine. Now, Ukraine, they said we're not going to, um, we're not going to invade Ukraine. But the Russians also said we want to settle this diplomatically and we want some security assurances, meaning we want you to tell us that you're not going to be moving nuclear-capable missile launchers in these certain areas close to our border. The United States has refused to uh, even consider those sorts of negotiations or talks. They said, we're not going to do that. NATO is, of course, back in the United States, which the United States is a major uh, partner there. Russia has responded by cutting off uh, gas supplies to Eastern or to Western Europe, which is not good this time of year. So now they're already starting to feel the effects. So when war starts, it starts with different things. And we'll talk about what modern warfare looks like here in a moment. It's not the same as 77 years ago when World War II stopped. So today... Friday the 21st, January, there was a, a meeting in Geneva, which the United States had already said we're not going to accede to Russian requests. And, of course, today they did not, so the meeting went and didn't last very long. The right. Russians have said if we don't get some answers, then we'll go to other means, and we will do what's necessary to defend our territory. Now, whether you like Russia or not, that seems reasonable what they're talking about. In this particular situation, 
it would appear the United States is being the more aggressive. And we're not talking about which guy's a good guy or a bad guy. I don't know that either one of them are good guys, but I know that what the United States is doing in NATO is pushing towards war, it would appear. So a lot of equipment from the NATO side is now pouring into Ukraine, a lot of military weapons. The Brits are sending some uh, men and equipment to that area too. The United States has been sorting ships out to sea. Um, there's been some uh, high-frequency squawk um, giving orders. It, it, the, at the level these orders are given, which are in code, nobody knows what's being said. But this is uh, whatever you're doing, stop and listen. This is your orders. And this goes to nuclear forces and stuff as well. So there are ships out there that cut cables. There's a lot of uh, communications cables on ocean floors that go between the continents. Uh, there's been a few cables got cut by Norway here recently. The northern areas have been shut off too. Um, so, so it looks like a definite, not just a feint, but a prelude to war. There's men and materials massing on both sides. Um, all indications are there's not a diplomatic solution at this point. So we're not going to say with 100% certainty that, that these things are going to happen, that we were warning you about could happen in April of last year. But it certainly is much closer, enough to concern us enough that we came on tonight and we're putting this uh, presentation together for you. Right. And it, and this is a really big deal when it comes to, to war and especially modern warfare and how that's looking. But also, as you think about just uh, just in general going to war with the infrastructure that's within the United States right now. Now, these are these are small things, but I'm sure that uh, everyone who's looking out has, or everyone who's listening, excuse me, has has experienced um, some of these small things. You know, last year when we uh, did the podcast on Ukraine, I'm sure that when I uh, went to the grocery store, uh, and I went there to go buy groceries, you know, and I went to go look at, at the pudding section. Okay, this is a small thing, no, nothing a big thing, right? We're still buying pudding, right? But uh, my my oldest son's favorite pudding is butterscotch. He loves butterscotch pudding, and uh, they didn't have butterscotch pudding. They only had chocolate or vanilla. And I remember talking to people, and they're asking, what would this start to look like uh, to, to start to move towards socialism, to start to move towards supply chain breaks? And I, I said, well, the first thing that's going to happen is that your choices are going to be down. And uh, just this evening, went and bought uh, some some diapers and pull-ups and, uh, for, for kids, and um, they didn't have the brand that we, we normally buy in the same size and a lot of empty things in the shelves. And these are kind of weird things, especially for where we live right in the middle of the United States uh, here in Iowa. And so what would some of the domestic things happen um, just with how weak our supply chain is right now. Yeah, anything that it would be disruptive, and certainly a war would be disruptive. I see the price of gold is going up as well, and the price of oil is going up. So when war starts to threaten, things become unstable, and these are the commodities that start to be in very high demand, and the prices go up for them. So what you would see um, in modern warfare, uh, it's a multi-tiered level uh, of attack. So it, it's uh, asymmetric or attacks, and different. it goes across the spectrum of society. You have cyber attacks, which they've been experimenting with cyber attacks. So you can cyber attack into a system. You can shut down a banking system, for instance. So suddenly your bank account has nothing in it. You can no longer use your credit or debit cards. You can shut down gas supply lines or cause explosions of those lines. If you can get into a nuclear power plant, and they have special protocols in place, but if you can crack into one of those, you could cause a reactor to go critical. Um, you can cause power outage, attacking the grid, attacking the water supply. Um, these sorts of things where think about this time of year where you have no power, no water, um, explosions and fires, there's no water, no, no way to treat it. 
you have communications that would be attacked. So possibly you don't have cell phone or computer service. Your, your TV may, may not be working because you don't have power. So you don't know what's going on um, with an EMP type of attack. There's another system where it actually destroys electrical transmission and electrical equipment. So if you start having a major, some, like for no particular reason, sparking going off in your house and your car won't start, all that's dead, that would be indication of an EMT, which are specific EMT, electromagnetic pulse weapons. Also, EMP is a natural effect of a nuclear detonation. So a nuclear would be going else, and you're getting an EMP effect. In fact, you can detonate a nuclear weapon about 300 miles above the central part of the United States and pretty much wipe out the power grid and all electrical activity. So what you're talking about in a situation like that is being instantaneously transported back to the 1850s before electricity and modern conveniences like that, which would not be coming back soon. Those would take years to replace that network, and in a war you, you don't have years, you have seconds, maybe minutes. So you have the that sort of thing going on. You have communications being disrupted again by having power cables cut. You also have, um, if you want to call them special operations unit or terrorist cells, that would maybe be assigned specific targets for physical attack to take those out, um, blowing up a, a dam here or uh, a major power station to to add to the chaos. You might have um, events or communication or storage warehouses, um, food supply chains, places where they store a lot of food or anything like that. Any sort of weapons, um, those would possibly be physically attacked. And then, of course, you have. Uh, missile technology could be conventional warhead missiles, high explosive, could be biological, could be chemical, could be nuclear. Um, and these things are, are their own horrors in and of themselves. We're not telling you these things to scare you. We're just telling you what the broad scale of modern warfare looks like and that the Russians certainly have these capabilities. They have some, some pretty uh, interesting weapons that could, could uh, cause a lot of devastation. Of course, the United States does too. Um, some of the Russian weapons we're aware of, some of their cutting-edge stuff we're aware of. Um, the question is, what do we have in reserve that maybe people aren't aware of? What do they have? You have space-based weapons. So you have weapons that attack communication satellites, but you also have weapons platforms that, that different countries have up there, um, nuclear devices or what's called uh, uh, high-velocity uh, kinetic weapons. So you have a, like firing a projectile from space, uh, orbiting space. And it moves at such high frequency or high velocity, when it hits the ground, it hits with a nuclear-type impact. It's not nuclear, but just the, the speed of the projectile causes major devastation or whatever target's being attacked. Um, if you're interested, you can look up Rod of God. That is a speculated weapons platform of that type. Um, there is some information of that on the web. So this is what war warfare looks like. And, of course, um, after the, you know, you have the physical battles of, of air superiority versus ground forces and ground forces, uh, fighting ground forces and resupply chains and all that sort of thing. Um, how much uh, food and, and, and weapons and, and supplies do you have stockpiled as, as a nation? Um, your oil, oil supplies, you know, you hit oil refineries, you know, blow up a nation's oil supplies. You don't go very fast, very far without oil and gas stations. We, we live in a, a very um, technological society, Pastor Sam. We do. Um, where just in time, it, everything works well and everything's running. It's very efficient. But what we're talking about are, are intended disruption and destruction of that system. Yeah, and, these, and, and that's the problem that we're running into here, especially when it comes to how this is all working together. Uh, and as you were talking about uh, with modern warfare here, it... It looks much, much different than what it than what it did in World War II. Um, yeah, that that took time. To, it took time to generate and fight across an ocean, fight across a continent, 
warfare today in, in, in the Bible talks about in Revelation that mystery of Babylon, whatever you believe that might be, is destroyed in the space of an hour. That was never possible that a nation could be utterly annihilated in an hour, especially throughout history. It, it took time. Mm-hmm. It's possible today. Yeah, it's it's very possible. In fact, it's it's more probable today uh, when it comes to modern warfare and how these things are going to work out, especially with nuclear bombs and different things like that. If it that. goes nuclear, I mean, there's yeah. tactical nukes which are limited effect. Mm-hmm. But once you start tossing a tactical nuke, then there's retaliation, then the escalation process. At what point does it become all out? If if in case it would advance to that, right? And and one of the things that that we talked about before uh, the podcast, and I think that this is good to bring up is the psychology of it within the United States. And I kind of view the United States as a prized champion fighter, a boxer, so to say, or a MMA fighter. And, um, and they're, they're somewhat undefeated. Uh, and they've, they've gone on, and the question is, one of the big things is once a boxer who's a champion goes and gets knocked out, um, he, he gets up and he has to fight again. But part of the issue is is, Sometimes they're just never the same, and it's the not psyche. that they can't actually fight. It's that they kind of have this glass jaw syndrome, and it's that psyche's not there. In fact, uh, what, what was the famous MMA fighter? That, Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell. Um, do you remember that quote that you told me? Yeah, Chuck Liddell, uh, at the time that he was the champion, was, was unbeatable. I mean, he just dominated his division like heavyweight. And Chuck had uh, t- tremendous knockout power in his hands, and he he was known for knocking people out from weird angles and stuff. Just knock them out cold. Well, he finally, you know, as all fighters do, you you move through your prime and into the latter stages of your career, and he got beat. And uh, he, when he was reflecting after he retired back on his career, he said, "You know, there's a time in my career when I I, I said I'm uh, to myself I'm unbeatable." He goes, and then I said, after after he'd been beaten. I can beat anybody, but there's a change in sight there from I'm unbeatable to now I can beat anybody. There is a difference between those two minds of thought. Unfortunately for a country like ours, we've been used to being a top dog for so long. There's a a feeling of invincibility that because it's been this way in recent years, that it'll always be this way. But like any fighter, and especially a nation rebelling against God, um, judgment will come, especially to a nation that's been so richly blessed and has so thoroughly turned its back on God. And when, when God decides that your time is up, your time is up. It doesn't matter what you look like on paper. And there's always the other people that uh, have a plan. And uh, we may be approaching that moment. It, it certainly seems like um, from this side that they are intent on provoking a war. And when you look at the global picture and the globalists, and you look at what the Bible says of, of you know, what's going to happen, it certainly leaves room and there'll be wars and rumors of wars as the bible said but mm-hmm. what, what what else it's talking about is the the people the wicked people that really run things at the top level want to see a global population reduction yeah and, and, and war is a good war way to would, do that yeah it does it quick and does it efficiently and also think of it this way pastor sam it also puts a world the horrors we've kind of described and we don't want to get too deep into that part of it but that court sort of destruction and death the surviving people at that point, would be willing to submit to almost anything. Oh, please, somebody, step forward and put an end to this madness. And there is that guy that will step forward to seemingly have any answers, and he's known as? The Antichrist. That's him. That's so, him. The man of lawlessness, the uh, the beast. The son the, of perdition. Yeah, I mean, all kinds of names that you can come up with this guy. Uh, the, the Not the Messiah Prince, but the other prince in Daniel 9. Um, just, just an incredible wicked man, and... 
it, and we're not saying he's about ready to jump on the scene right we, now. We, we don't saying, know. <laughs> we, we don't know what's going to happen, but we know that this the, the things are moving methodically towards the inevitability of the of Bible prophecy, and Bible prophecy is inevitable. Yeah, we, we do know that we're in the last days. We do uh, know that. It, so I mean, this is within stretch of what's what was predicted. Right, and and so it's good to be aware of what's going on, especially because we don't know how much time uh, we have, you know, on this earth. But I mean, if if things get bad, number one, you need to be prepared. Uh, maybe this isn't number one, but one of the things is is that you need to be prepared physically, but you also need to be prepared spiritually. Um, and and part of this is of uh, is of the psyche too, uh, it, to be prepared spiritually, because you need to live with the spirit that God gives you, and that is not a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind, uh, and, and that is so important. Uh, as, as we've seen, we live in a fearful world, and so it's time to get right with Jesus Christ. If you're a believer in him, if you don't know him as your Savior, then it's really time to get right uh, with Jesus Christ. Today is the day of salvation. You need to uh, put your faith in Jesus Christ, but to speak to the believers out there, uh, you know, you need to have a strong foundation, a strong relationship. How can we face tomorrow? Well, I always go back to that old hymn, because uh, he lives, I can face tomorrow. Yep, that's. But if we're not walking with him, <laughs> yeah, this is this is time to whatever else is going on in your life. You need to consider the eternal, because mm-hmm. uh, however blessed you are, or however blessed or how bad things might be going right now, life does come to an end. It also just occurred to me while you were talking, Pastor Sam, that in the Gog Magog Wars in Ezekiel uh, thirty-seven, thirty-eight, um, it's Russia and a coalition of Islamic nations go against Israel. What would right now you would think that an attack on Israel would would draw a United States response, and so hmm. there's been relative peace in that area um, for a while, for a few decades now, because you don't as Russia, you probably don't want to tangle with Israel without tangling with the United States. But if the United States is no longer in that position, or is gone, or or is or is licking their wounds so bad that they don't want to get involved, and notice that Russia is still in a position to wage war along with its confederates on Israel, so. It would appear, and I'm not saying this is the case, but if there were an, an attack and exchange, Russia still seems to be in the picture. The United States does not seem to be in the picture, and Gog and Magog. Mm-hmm. So that just occurred to me, and that's just speculation on my part looking at the prophecy. Of course, we have a tendency to look at prophecies from our own little perspective, and a lot of times we're going to be wrong because God's much bigger than what I can think. But it, but it is an interesting thing to ponder at that point. Right. I mean, uh, pray for revival, but uh, prepare for persecution. That's... Yeah, I mean, just be aware of what's going on. Um, now, now, what are some physical things that people should be doing right now? Uh, now, I mean, obviously, if if you're going to get if you get nuked, depending on where you're at, that that's not a good thing. But what are just some general things about if we do get engaged in war? What are some things that people should be doing? Well, if a war would break out over there, you want to monitor as long as you have communications. Monitor what's going on. Um, some of what you're going to be told is probably not going to be true. Propaganda. But try to get a feel for what's happening and is it escalating, is it escalating to a point where um, the Russians have already said if there's any sort of uh, attack on their forces, any of the nations attacking become legitimate targets. And so a legitimate target, if you know, obviously the United States would be involved, the mainland United States would be a legitimate target. And in today's world of, of uh, high, high technology weapons, that means you're not safe wherever are you in the United States. During World War II, the Japanese would have had to invade uh, the east or west coast, probably the west coast, not the east coast, or send planes in to, you know, to attack. Uh, 
those of us in the heartland would go, well, we're, we're pretty well insulated from all that, at least initially. Not in today's world, we're not. So um, keep an eye on that. Have a plan as far as, obviously, if, if you're separated and your kids are in one place or another, they're your first priority, you're going to try to find your kids. At least have a plan, maybe. What would I do in this scenario? What would I do in that scenario? How do I get my family together? Do we have a rally point, a place to meet? Um, stay in communications. Um, do we have... Uh, you know, if we had to hunker down in our house for a bit uh, in case something was going on. If there's a nuclear attack and there's fallout, you want to get to lower levels of your house if you're not in immediate blast zone or thermal pulse. Um, you want to stay in your basement if you can. Um, to let the initial uh, radioactivity go by. Of course, if you had a Geiger meter, that'd be great too. Most people don't have those. Might want to have some water and some food. Uh, this time of year, you want to have the ability to stay warm. If your power goes off, you don't have water. Um, and it gets cold, like it was 14 this morning when I got up. So you want to have the ability to at least personally stay warm. Having candles helps in a small area. A little candle can actually warm up an area, which is amazing. It is. Yeah, and so the ability to, to maybe uh, block off an area and like try to see your, your family all in the same area. Um, you have to look about hygiene, um, like how do I get clean, how do I go to the bathroom, um, brush my teeth. If I have medicines that I'm dependent upon, um, as I think we probably warned you in the past, You might want to have a little supply of those if you can. I don't know how much time we got. We may have a lot of time. It may not happen. Uh, this may blow over. It may not blow over. It may be a, a quick accelerant. It may be something that's more slow motion. It's always good in these uncertain times to have some of these things taken care of, though, put it away in advance. Uh, you don't have to buy a mountain of toilet paper necessarily. Some canned goods might be okay to have. Um, uh, if you have plans with, and you're close up with your neighbors, maybe our family live nearby maybe something just talk about well what do we do if this happens or that happens um there are unfortunately in times of chaos and anarchy which is interesting that the some of these uh, elitist organizations say out of out of anarchy order so out of chaos order and they create the chaos and then they provide the order which is always to their advantage as far as power but um having the ability maybe to there, there are people that would Take advantage of a situation where no law enforcement was was available. I think there. I think we can definitely assume that, especially with what we've seen with the Black Lives Matter riots and uh, and, and everything else. Opportunist, yeah. Yeah, I mean. So you might want to have the ability. Uh, I would always recommend this anyway: the ability to defend yourself and your family, um, not just the equipment, but the um, skills. You know, and then of course the willingness to do so is just necessary. Yep. Not a pleasant thing to ponder at all, but none of this is. But we live in a world where we don't always get pleasant things. And, and much of Christianity throughout our history has been one of persecution. We're talking about a war now, a war situation. But it is, the, the amount of, the, what really impresses me is the amount of equipment and men being moved on both sides and some of the things that are going on. We don't have time to go through all through it tonight and it probably wouldn't mean as much to you. But uh, the indications are that everybody is preparing. And I, you know, if... <laughs> Some people probably think it's unthinkable that this could happen, that somebody's going to blink, somebody's going to, to back down. And that's what you always hope, that there could be a diplomatic solution. And there is a diplomatic solution to the situation. Sit down and talk about it and not be so uh, determined not to listen to the other side. And I, 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 you know, I'm not a big Russian fan, but uh, they seem to have some legitimate concerns that need to be talked about, but that's not what we're willing to do. Which doesn't surprise me. You have a dementia-addled president who's, whoever's in charge, it's not Joe Biden. Right. Um, there, there's other people behind the scenes. He's the one that catches the flack for all the terrible things they're doing. Um, and, and this plays into it. I mean, who knows? I mean, 
I don't get invited to all the big level meetings, so surprisingly <laughs> enough. So we speculate on what we're seeing. It appears they have us thinking that there's a, a potential war close by. I don't know how things work out. Maybe it's all illusion. Maybe, maybe it's planned that way. Maybe we're. To, I mean, we. There's so many levels of deception in the world today. You, you know, one of the things I, I, I did a couple of years ago was, um, you know, kind of when the COVID stuff was, was real hot and uh, starting. And with, with all this unrest and everything, I was talking to a PSYOPs guy about uh, civil war. And one thing that he constantly brought up was said, we will, we will not go to civil war. We will not go to civil war. And I, and I kind of asked him why, because he was very much on the right side of things. And I was kind of surprised they'd say that. He goes, it says, no, they would much rather start World War III than go to civil war. And at first I thought that was right. kind of far out there. Um, but I do actually think that that's probably true. And I think that there's multiple fronts to that one. If you start World War III, um, it, it avoids the civil war. But the second thing is is that if a civil war were to start up anyway, you'd be able to bring in UN troops and to control the United States citizens and do gun grabs that way. Also, when you have a war like that, where you have a, a, an enemy now that's a threat to everybody, regardless, regardless of the ideologies involved, um, whether I'm conservative or liberal or libertarian or whatever I am, the Russians are killing everybody or trying to, you know, that's putting our mind, here come the Russians to get us or the Chinese or whomever. It is a unifying factor in, in one sense that we all try to pull together now against the common enemy. And then with us all now feeling more patriotic, yeah, we'd be more willing to put up with some things that right now we would not put up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the there's that sense to war is always unifying for the population that's going to war against another country. So there's a lot of psychology involved there too. But the thing as a Christian is, um, whether I would die in a war or die of a heart attack or die of old age or be struck by a meteorite or whatever it is, um, unless the Lord returns for us, and my dad waited for the Lord's return, prayed for the rapture, and my dad's rapture came April the 25th, 2020, and it came in the form of death. He was raptured out of this world and into the next. Um, we we want seemingly the painless part where we all go together, and that's there's a lot of people been waiting for that all their lives, and a lot of people go the route of death. So uh, up until the Lord returns, we don't know what the how we leave the world, but it's not really... Uh, the details of that are not as important as where we're going, Pastor Sam. Yep, and uh, there's only one way to get to where we want to go, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, uh, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And of course, in uh, Acts 16, 31, it says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. And that really is truly the only way, you know. Um, we're, we're definitely conservative. Uh, I'm sure that there are plenty of people who listen to this podcast who are unsaved, uh, but are conservative and they, they, they get this fact. I know some people who are unsaved and conservative who listen to this podcast and, uh, they like the information we give, but the best information we can give is the message of Jesus Christ. And as this world continues to fall down brick by brick, line by line, it just seems to crumble and crumble and crumble. There is hope and that hope is in Jesus Christ. Yeah, we don't need to live in fear of this or anything else going on. One thing you don't need to get too wrapped around the axle about is the things you can't control, there's no use worrying about it or being concerned if this happens or that happens. You can't control it, 
you might as well just go about your life and, and work on those things you can control. You can control your attitude. You can control your relationships with others. If there's some relationships need to be mended with others, now's the time to do it. Don't let pride stand in the way of, of making it right with a loved one or, or a, and that, that, not just family, but friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and be merciful to people. Give them grace. You would expect grace from people. None of us are perfect. We all have past. Um, it's who you are right now, not who you were. God is the God of second, third, and 2,000 chances. Amen. So, um, and, and I know that you and I are both thankful that, that you know the Lord doesn't remember, doesn't keep throwing it back in our faces, because we know who we are and who we were. Yep. And, and praise God, He loves us anyway. Amen. Well, for the Shining Light Podcast, I'm Pastor Sam. And Patrick, no compromise with Evil Wyatt. Continue to watch Ukraine and Russia, and have a good day.